off the chain, they be throwing me bones Man, y'all be throwing games, I'm on a quest for the throne Dope looks to my teams, got these puppies and cones A lone wolf, a top dog, make me feel like I'm home And um, imagine I'm braggadocious at times but man, it feels good to be paying before the players prime It ain't a crime, they're just McGruffin' the grind Took a couple of rhymes to show you nothing but shine huh. Matter of fact, let me explain who they are Rambler man Chris hits efficiency hard Karen keeping these fellas level at par Adam might disagree, but it's a challenge when he are Views, check the views, dogs on top like Snoopy Spike on our opponents, the tune got them loony Owning y'all dogs, the Pluto to our goofy They the duty, kicking back, eating snacks like Scooby D-double-D, we will bring you the crown Evaluating teams, listen up and sit down Dynasty pods, a dime a dozen for now You'll see when we take your take back to the pound Go. Welcome to Top Dog Dynasty Today is Tuesday, May 4th. I'm your host, Chris Vanek. With me, as always, Mr. Adam Wilson. You can follow us on Twitter at Top Dog Dynasty, and I'm at FF Crusher. Adam, may the 4th be with you. Uh, is that where you were going with it? I thought you were going to say it was like rookie draft season or something like that, and I was going to start cheering, but then you said the may the may the 4th be with you. Adam, it's rookie draft season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Um, me, funny enough, uh, I've already completed like three rookie drafts Yeah, and it's, you know, just, uh, just the NFL draft just ended. So, but, uh, people think you, you tell people that like you're doing rookie drafts already and, you know, normal humans that don't play dynasty and, uh, they think you're insane. They look at you like you're fucking crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, they look at me like I'm crazy anyway, but, um, yeah, it's, but so like, I- I've I don't want to that to people before and they think we're like redoing like the NFL draft or something They're like, oh. I, okay, what do you mean? You're, you're drafting the players like on the teams. No, no, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> now, uh, well, and you used to, I know you used to like to have the rookie drafts more closer to the season started starting, but you now like it better now, I think. So, right? yeah, I used to like it better closer to the season when things kind of shake out a little bit more. But I think, you know, doing especially doing the podcast, it's like, well, you're doing more research on these guys up front, which gives you the advantage over the other people in the league. So I was just going to say, just say that there's an advantage that you have because you know more <laughs> about them and you don't want them to learn more about them exactly. you know, over the next couple months right isn't that and that's what totally. i was trying to tell you you know before that but like you know yeah i get I, it. I i think you by this time like you and i have done so many rookie drafts by the way have you ever thought about how many startup and rookie drafts you've actually done oh no i mean it's a lot but yeah. um yeah like by now I, I think that we know you know a lot about profiles and you know the players to target at this point and mm-hmm. yeah like i want to get these guys early on rather than screwing around and you know letting other people catch on i think there's benefits to waiting though too i mean you will have people overreacting to the preseason <laughs> yes that's true as well so all right uh so last show we we went over uh, reaction from day one of the NFL draft today. We're going to go over the rest. Um, before we get into those actual players, I did want to ask you, though, were there any draft reactions overall? 
that you had from the draft. Um, let me give you an example, because there's one thing that kind of stood out to me. So I noticed, and I know this running back class isn't, you know, as deep as previous years, only two running backs taken in day two, which is round yeah. two and three. Yes. Do you know how many RBs were taken on day two yesterday, last year? Um, I'm going to say six. Ten. Okay. I knew. I mean, I, so, and we had talked about this at some point, you know, just BSing on the phone, but I, I did go through to look on ESPN. I'm like, ah, you know, like how many, because I was like messing around with, mm-hmm. I was hanging out with my buddies on like zoom calls and stuff. And I, I went back to look on day two and just look at rounds two and three. And, um, you know, and, and I went through just looking for skill position players and I'm like, man, there are not a lot in here. And then I'm like, all right, let's yeah. just see the running backs. And I'm like, oh, two. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that would be uh, a draft reaction would be the lack of depth. Yeah. Um, at the skill position players. Uh, I think that there's also a lot of players that may have gotten pedigree, but are still kind of shitty profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I, I think that that's another that's another another thing. Um, also noticing that there are not a lot of players that I like later on in the draft slash in rookie drafts. Um, yeah, I think that there's probably about 20 players that I like. And then after that, it just drops off a cliff. And so. I've yeah. been handling my rookie drafts. Like I said, I've done, I think I have one, two, three, three, com- no, four complete. And one that's nearing, I'm in the final round. And then I've got another one, which I'm in with you, which we're going to be up soon. Um, and we're in the third round. So, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea. Um been dealing a lot of the later picks like i don't think like so for instance um i sent you a trade offer in a league that i'm in with scott connor actually uh and it was brandon Ayuk 210 211 and 301 for Devonte adams and i sent it to you and at that point i had already been in the second round of two drafts, I think three drafts and I could tell the drop off. Um, And so like when I looked at the trade, it was much differently than you. If this was last year, there's no way that like those picks would be highly valuable because we're getting all the, there's lots of players that we liked in that range Um, this year. They're worth shit. They're Mm -hmm. not, it's, it's not worth unless someone falls to you really. And as it turns out, like one of the players would have fallen to me at two ten, and I would have been okay with, but um, man, the amount of players that fall in that range or or the, the, the players that are remaining in that range, you really need people to start reaching. And, you know, like I ended up uh, making that deal, but it was funny because I also had sent the text or a screenshot of that to Jordan McNamara and he uh, he he ended up messaging me back this morning, and the first thing he said was, uh, "Yeah, those uh, those picks really aren't worth what they appear." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's this is kind of a Brandon Ayuk plus a little sprinkle on top for Devonte Adams, essentially." 
Yeah, and initially when I saw it, you know, I'm thinking, okay, these picks, and I'm relating them back to picks from last year. Yep. But yeah, you have to change that mindset. Okay, who would be available now this year? And that, like you said, big difference. Yeah, and like in this range last year, it was like you were talking, you and I talked about this. It was like Antonio Gibson in this range, yeah. right? Like, and there were players that we liked. And this year, there's just, it's not. So, so. would you prefer to take those late picks to use to try to trade up a little bit this year? Or you just want to trade them straight out for picks next year? I was trying to trade up. I think a lot of people are recognizing what a crap draft class this is. Yeah. Um, so, and, and by the way, when I say about 20 players, I'm including quarterbacks in, in a super flex and then including tight ends. Cause in mostly in tight end premium leagues is what I play. Um, so it's not like it's a one quarterback league. So mm-hmm. there, there are not 19 players that I really like in a one quarterback league in the first two rounds, you know, or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, I tried to trade up and I was struggling with it and I don't think, you know, like I was throwing a second, a third and a fourth to move up like, you know, like 210, 301 and, you know, a 408 or something like that to move up, you know, five picks and I couldn't get it done because there yeah. there is just a huge drop off at that point. So And we've seen in, I think, our UDPL league, uh, our podcasters league, where people were giving second round picks to move up one spot, like 109 to 108. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, it's totally, a, you know, a drop off because of, or that it's that highly because of a specific player that they wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's more the player value rather than the pick value, if that makes any sense. Yep. Like you oh. wouldn't think that it was uh, that it would require that much to move up one spot, but it's it's because of the uh, player that are available, players that are available. All right. So we have a ton of skill position players that were drafted here and UDFAs, too, but we're, we're mm-hmm. not going to go over all of them. Uh, we're going to try. Uh, to go through them pretty quickly. So let's just get into it. Okay. All right, quarterbacks. So after the first round, we were kind of waiting for a while for another quarterback to be taken uh, after those first five went off the board in the early part of the first round. Uh, Then we had a run of like three of them within four picks at the end of the second round, start of the third round. So first one was Kyle Trask, End of the second round at 2.32, which was Tampa Bay, Super Bowl champs. Uh, They had some viable backups for Brady, I guess. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin. But maybe they're looking more to the potential future without the GOAT. So I, I guess my question here is, could Trask be their possible future? Yeah, I... I don't, I mean, so that's possible, but I would think that that's probably not really a good idea for dynasty purposes. Um, I tend to stay away from these, you know, these second round, third round picks, you know, day two picks at quarterback, because historically they are not the ones that stick around. It's most of the time, um, you know, the high pedigree guys, you know, like Mitchell Trubisky, whether you think he's good or not, like he's going to have a job for years. Um, and, and it's because of, you know, I mean, look at Bla- you already mentioned him, Blaine Gabbert, first round yep. pick, like those are the guys that are going to get, um, 
that are going to get the shots. Now, that's not to say that Kyle Trask is, you know, not going to be anything because we have seen guys in the third and fourth round produce. You know, we've seen Dak Prescott. Sure. Yeah, and, I was just going to say, yeah. And and in danger, Russ, you know. Yep. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's highly unlikely um, you know, I, the hit rates on these guys are, are relatively low. And on top of that, like, like Tom Brady right now, I'm not saying that he's not going to help him learn anything or anything like that, but like Kyle Trask is not getting reps. Like yeah. Tom Brady's <laughs> going to take every, every rep he wants. So, and Peyton Manning was the same way. And so mm-hmm. these guys are just not going to give up reps. So, uh, you know, I, you're still what looking at a year from now, maybe two years from now. And by then is he the starter? Like, I don't know. Like they, you know, they could go a different direction. You know, they, maybe they end up uh, going a year with him and, you know, get a high pick and then they replace him, something like that. So, um, yeah, not a, not a big fan of Trask. I, I, I think he's interesting from, you know, point of view of, um, you know, his time at Florida, you know, on tape, but um, he, he doesn't have this brilliant profile or anything like that. So, no, but I think this is where, you know, you're not expecting much, if anything, from any of these guys in this range. Yeah. But this is, you know, these teams are going to start drafting guys that have the potential possibly to take over for these guys that are in the current roles. Yeah, uh, 17 percent, 17 percent hit rate on uh, yeah. quarterbacks drafted in round three. So so, yep. yeah, you're I mean, you're right. Like he you know, they are going to be drafting these guys. Um, and it could be that, you know, you draft a guy here at the end of the second, beginning of the third, try him out as a backup. Um, mm-hmm. But you're still going to get looks at him uh, preseason and in practice. And if you don't think he's the guy, then maybe you're drafting another guy in next year or the year after that. Yeah. Yes, I agree. All right. Uh, next guy is Kellen Mond. Uh, goes to Minnesota with the second pick of the third round. So we did hear that the Vikings were looking at Justin Fields in the first round, uh, but then Chicago swooped in and took him before the Vikings could. Uh, Mond could be part of that succession plan after Kirk Cousins. Again, you know, looking at the future, um, but again, low probability, right? Yeah. Uh, also does not like Minnesota. Did you see they dug up an old tweet of his? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. 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 It was something about like, uh, why the hell would anyone want to live in Minnesota? And then he gets drafted <laughs> by them. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think, my, so I, I normally will stay like, I'll stay away from all of these guys, but I, I think Mond is actually interesting. Um, you know, Chris Sims is pretty good with the quarterbacks, and I think he had him ranked fourth above Fields and above, I think he was above Mac Jones. Um, so it's interesting. However, I'm not sure if you've ever watched um, Kellen Mond play. Um, if you have, you will notice that he just kind of disappears at times. Um, <laughs> like, and he just doesn't really do anything. So I think he's kind of a tools guy. Um but I mean, overall profile is relatively poor. Um, so yeah, I'm probably staying away from him. Yeah. Likely. Next guy up is kind of interesting because, so the Houston Texans draft Davis Mills, third pick of the third round with the uncertainty around Deshaun Watson's 
future with the Texans or even with the NFL, I don't think we should be surprised that they took a quarterback. So they didn't have a first or second round pick. So this was their first pick of the draft. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. To all the, you know, the, the wonderful uh, coach that they had there, or I don't know. Do you call him a coach or a GM? Yeah. Well, when he makes the picks, it's the GM when he, or trades away people. Um, but yeah, they, they get a guy who's got a short resume, Stanford, um, thinking maybe they can develop him. But okay, so let's assume Watson is not there this year. And so you got Mills, you got Tyrod Taylor. Could this be a quarterback battle? Or is it or are you just assuming Tyrod's the quarterback if Watson's not there? Probably Tyrod. Yeah, Davis Mills was um, highly recruited. I remember hearing, I think on Kuyper and McShay's podcast, that um, their coach out there in Stanford just loves him and thought he mm-hmm. was going to be, you know, this elite, the best quarterback that they've had through there, which I don't know about that. Um, so there is some intrigue with that, but... Um, yeah, I would say that um, he's probably going to get beat out pretty, I don't know, pr- pretty easily by Tyrod Taylor. Um, I just don't. If you're going to take a job from Tyrod Taylor, I just find it hard to believe that it's the underperforming big time recruit that was drafted in the third round. Like I just, I'll bet against that. Well, maybe he just needs to go recruit the uh, Chargers team doc to come uh-huh. to Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are also still thinking that Watson plays this year. So so right now, how things stand, what are the odds that you think he does play? Less than 50%? Uh, I actually think it's probably like 50%. I think you're probably right on that. I think okay. that's probably around. What about you? Where are you, where are you at? I'm, them? I'm less than that. Oh, you think it's less? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I'll, it'll probably drop for me. Uh, I'm just not there yet. But I think mm. I think so. I think I'm in the minority at fifty percent. I think you're in the super minority if you're under fifty percent. Oh, really? Because I, I think most. I mean, good. I mean, I'm in fourteen leagues. I've tried to trade for him in nearly every league, and uh, I mean, you would be sh- well. Actually, you have a story about this too. Um, but you'd be shocked how many times I got responses with, "Dude, he's a fifth round, or he's a top five dynasty quarterback." And yeah. it's like, "Hey, everyone, um, not sure you understand, but uh, there are twenty three women that have come out against him civilly, and he also doesn't want to play for the team that he is currently employed by." Yeah. So, oh, I mean, that's not just one issue; that's two. So, I mean, normally when you have like a legal problem or whatever. Like, that's just the only issue. Not only does he have a legal issue, he also doesn't want to play. He already, he also told the team that he won't ever play for them again. Yeah. So that's two issues. And I have Deshaun in one or two leagues, but I'm not looking to trade him because the value that you're going to get, you're better off just holding on to him and hoping that he plays again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I think you can get, I think, well, we've talked about it in previous shows. There are points where you can get to where, you know, you, you can 
take a trade for him. It's just, yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm not offering those deals. You're, and I think I the mean, longer them, they go all over the place, right? And like I think the longer that we go without any resolution to this, the the worse it's going to be. So I, I okay. So I traded for him. Uh, I gave up Jared Goff and 107. And my comment to the guy was, "This is this is not his lowest value. It's still coming down. Yeah. Like it will go lower than this. So like if he gets suspended six games, his value doesn't go up." You know what I mean? Like if if, yeah. if if he says, "Hey, like I want to play," and then the NFL suspends him, which they're more than welcome to do. Like they can do. You don't need to be charged with anything for them to suspend you. Like his value. This is not his lowest value. Like he's not hit that point yet. So yeah, we have uh, another league where the owner of him was trying to trade him for a mid first round pick, um, and no one was willing to give that. And yep. I don't think anyone was willing to give a first round pick at all. So I threw an offer out there. I was like, Hey, I'll give you a third round pick. If you're just trying to get out, <laughs> that was, uh, that, didn't that was go not too appreciated. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've gotten called like a fucking asshole or something. in in some of them, uh, some of my offers. And by the way, like I, I mean, I, I actually was throwing out better offers than what you were throwing out, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I had thrown out first round picks, and um, you know, I, and I've been going in the one league that I'm in. I've been going back and forth with this guy, and finally, I'm just like, all right, well, I'll let you sit on it for you know two weeks, mm-hmm. three weeks, and then we'll see where you're at. Because like, if you still think that his value is going to be this high, I better keep hanging to him. I'll I'll wait a couple more weeks. I mean, yeah. I'm the one who can afford him. Like, I'm the one who has all the, I've got all the picks. I'm the one who it makes sense for me to trade for him. I've got players that he wants. Have at it. Yeah. See how that goes. So. I would not advise trying to get out right now. I think you're uh, just hoping he bounces back. Well, I'm, So what value do you have to get? Top 10 quarterback? For me, I, so. As low as I am with the thinking, the likelihood that he plays for Houston this year, I still think he plays in the NFL again. So I'm not this willing, uh, maybe not this year, I think yeah. next year yeah. at least. Um, but I'm not willing to even, because I think, you know, next going into next season, you're going to be like, well, this is a top five quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's, cert- that's certainly possible. Yeah. Unless he sits out the entire year or I mean, there's just so many unknowns at this point. Oh, for sure. So like, I don't blame you for if I owned him, there would be a point where I would trade him. Um, I just don't think anyone's willing to offer what I would accept. Well, I mean, technically, how does the golf in 107 look? I actually think that looks like a pretty good deal for him right now. I mean, golf survived the draft. Mm-hmm. And so like golf or not, it doesn't, and, and this is the other thing is like, people don't, you know, people are only looking at, you know, the players and I don't really give a shit about the players. I'm looking at a profile, right? right. So like, I'm looking at golf and I'm like, all right, you survived the draft. They didn't draft another quarterback. Um, or maybe they did late, but it, it doesn't really matter. He's going to be the yeah. starter this year. And yeah. then on top of that, you're getting one Oh seven. And now we're kind of seeing where one Oh seven gets you. And when you're looking at it now, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I, you could potentially pull another first round quarterback with that pick. You're going to get a first round receiver, regardless of the profile. 
you know, I'm, or maybe you get a good profile because I mean, Jamar Chase is la- lasting no, you know, around yeah. that pick. So that's not a terrible pick. Yeah. So. All right. Let's uh, let's get into the running backs. Uh, third pick of the second round was Javante Williams to Denver. Uh, I didn't think that we were going to have to wait too long to hear his name called day two. I mm-hmm. just didn't really expect it to be Denver because you had, you know, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Fal- Falcons all sitting there at the top of the second round. But the Broncos trade up uh, to get him. I, and I didn't want to see that either because I had se- several shares of Melvin Gordon. How do you see this backfield kind of playing out? Yeah, I mean, I, I've already seen people bailing on Royce Freeman. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't dislike his profile. Um, I think, you know, he was obviously the third running back in this class. Um, you know, I, th- I think his profile is pretty good. I think that he is probably getting knocked for the landing spot. I mean, you already brought up Melvin Gordon. Um, and I, and I think Melvin Gordon probably gets playing time this year, uh, over him. But I, I mean, I fully expect for like, I'm not concerned about him long-term because I don't, I don't think that Melvin Gordon is around after next year. And I don't think that they're drafting a running back in the first round next year, unless something horrid happens. But I mean, understand, you know, Javante Williams, um, hit rate is the same as Jamar Chase's. So, like, you can make the case for him to take him over Jamar Chase. Um, I'm probably not doing that, but I do own two shares of Javante Williams at this point. So, I don't have any issue taking him. I mean, you you know, you're talking about the hit rate on a second-round running back at 40%. Um, And we were talking the same thing with J.K. Dobbins last year. You know, Mark Ingram's in front of him, but it's like, okay, well, that's – that's fine, and he might have to split for mm-hmm. now, but that's not always going to be the case. And it wasn't, and it, did it impact his value? Like, I, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is still pretty highly sought after. So, yeah. um, and sorry, I should have used day two running backs. I used the round. Um, day two running backs, 48%, which is round one wide receivers are 47 Um Yeah, and, and I think that that's important, but I, I still think that people draft off of, you know, situation way too much whereas you know yeah. we're sitting here saying go talent over situation um and i would i guess in this case i would even say go pedigree over situation mm-hmm. um so yeah i i uh i this is i mean just go back and look at the running backs that were taken in the second round of drafts uh past five years um you know like you are going to be pretty happy if he turns into a lot of those guys For so sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, he's a he's a target player for me, not a target player for me, but you know, hoping that he drops or, um, you know, if I have the choice between him and Chase, like I'm not going to be upset going either way. So yeah, so looking at this offense, I very formidable offense now. Uh, the one thing I was going to say was too bad they don't have a great quarterback. If only they had a quarterback, huh? If yeah. only Aaron Rodgers went there. Yeah. All right, uh, Trace Sermon. Uh, going at the end of the third round to San Francisco. So we know that the Niners like to have a lot of running back depth. They rotate through those guys. Uh, this offseason, they lost Tevin Coleman, Jerick McKinnon, still had uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Jamichael Hasty, and even brought in Wynn Gallman uh, during the draft, too. Now they draft Trey Sermon and also got Elijah Mitchell later on, too. I think we both liked Sermon, but do you do you like this situation for him? 
Yeah, so I think the situation isn't completely ideal given, you know, you uh, the guys that you mentioned there, you know, Gallman and um, Mostert's there. Um, I like him being in a Shanahan offense, though. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to draft him just because he went there. I just think mm-hmm. that this kind of adds to him. I already liked his profile. I uh, I was pretty happy. You know, I was pretty happy with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm not scared off. I guess he's getting shit on by a lot of people like, oh, you know, like uh, uh, I saw one tweet yesterday. Uh, analytics gr- guys are getting uh, crushed after the draft or whatever. And I'm like. All right, well, like, what's this about? And he's talking about like these second round running backs, like Trey Sermon, and or the third round running backs, and like Trey Sermon. And I'm just like, okay, like, relax, like, you know, going to a bad situation. Like, if you're drafting off a situation, you're probably doing you're you're probably doing it wrong anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, I I like it from the standpoint of that he's probably going to outlast these other guys because I don't think that some yeah. of these guys are going to get contract extensions. And I mean, this is kind of what Shanahan does, right? Like he goes after like I mean, he's a this guy Sermon was a late day uh, day two pick, so um, or you know mid third round or whatever it ends up being, but. Uh, yeah, I like him. I, he's actually a target player of mine. I just, I haven't gotten any shares of him. Um, mm-hmm. all the drafts, I, drafts I've done, you know, he's, uh, he's gone in like about mid second, uh, early to mid second. Um, yeah, and I just didn't have an position 202 as his median. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think I saw him go like 201, but it was a point, uh, 0.25 per carry league. So, okay. But yeah, yeah, I I actually really like him. I'm I'm pretty happy with this landing spot. Um, I mean I mean again the the landing spot's not ideal, but you're not talking about, you know, it, it's not like he was drafted at the top of the second round where they were going to bring him in and he was going to play right away. This is the end of the third round where he's kind of going to go into rotation. Maybe he can show out at one point, and that's kind of what you're expecting from. But these I guys. think he's going to get enough workload that he could be a weekly fantasy starter. Maybe yeah, he's I, just not going to get be that top twelve kind of guy. Yeah, I'm not sure that he gets it right away, but I, I do yeah. think he I do think he will. I mean, yeah. Shanahan wants to run the ball and he's mm-hmm. going to run the ball and he's pretty good at running the ball. So um yeah, I'm uh I you're right. Like I I think that he's I think people are just looking for the guy who is just going to be the bell cow, and he's not that guy because yeah. there aren't many of those guys. And if he was gonna be that guy, he would get drafted way higher. Yep. So so next guy, uh, Michael Carter, uh, beginning of the fourth round. So the Jets didn't get a running back on day two, but they still got, I think, a pretty good one, started day three. And I think he's walking into a pretty open situation here. Um, do you think he comes out as the starter? I mean, uh, you're looking I, at LaMichael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams. I, I don't know that there's a lot of competition there. There, there isn't. But what I, what I keep going to is that I don't know that he's better than any of them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, uh, he's a day three running back. Which I mean, we do get hits from those types of guys, but I just don't know that he's any better than any of these, you know, any of these players. So, I, like, I think that they're all kind of in. I, it would have been a totally different story if they would have spent a third round pick on Trey Sermon or, you know, if they drafted Javante Williams or if they spent, if they would have drafted him higher, I could have made the case for it. But I mean, he's being drafted up there with Sermon and I think there's a sizable gap. So, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a fine player. I just, I don't, I don't know that he steps in and gets that job because I don't know that there's a big difference between him and the other guys. So are you, you seem to be and all, you know, admittedly, like I didn't watch a ton of him. Like I didn't watch him all year. Um, uh, you know, the, the, some of the stuff that I saw was just from YouTube and that was recently, um, it sounds like you might know a little bit more about him or are you a fan of him or, um, so it's, it can be hit and miss sometimes, but there were games I think where he, some games I think he might've played better than Javante mm-hmm. Williams, um, against some of the good defenses, uh, if you will. So I think there's definitely potential there. Um, okay. And I think he has a very good shot, I would say, to to be their starter. It's just, what does he do and what does that offense do? Yeah, I was just looking at Jets Wire, which is from USA Today, and they're projecting the starter to be Ty Johnson. Hush. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. Give like, it it's bad. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, cream rises to the top. So, exactly. you know, maybe Carter gets in there and does something. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, next guy, Ramondre Stevenson, goes to the pa- Patriots. Um, they this is another situation like San Francisco. A lot of guys, a lot of rotations. Damian Harris, Sonny Michelle, a bunch of other guys. Now they bring the Oklahoma back in here. Any expectation for him? No, I mean the landing spot was absolute shit. He's a yeah. day day three guy. Um, I do think he's kind of interesting. I I did watch some some of him, and then um, I know Jordan did a profile on him, and that's where I initially heard. I mean, it was a month and a half ago or something when Jordan did it, but um, I did know the name ahead of time. Uh, would have liked him to go to a little bit better landing spot where he could at least see the field. I'm not sure that he does, and and so like I don't I don't want to. You know, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth where, you know, I'm just talking about situation here and then situation over here. But I, I think it's about the expectations of a fourth round running back. Right. Like, yeah. um, uh, you know, Michael Carter, who is, a, you know, a fifth round running back, went to the Jets, which is kind of an open spot. Um, and at least he has that opportunity to, you know, go against other shit running backs and he can maybe beat them out. Um, whereas Stevenson's in new England, like they have a bunch of guys who are proven guys. Um, so I, I really think that he's more of a long-term play. I think you actually drafted him in a league that we're in. Um, I did, uh, at the end of the third round, I think three twelve. So, I mean, um, I think it's worth a shot. Maybe throw him on yeah. a, ta- like I, especially in leagues where he, where you can throw him on a taxi squad. Yeah. But I just, I wonder like, would it be better just to trade the pick at that point? Yeah, but so, you know, the Patriots have said they want to do, they envision, I think, is what they said, a, a one-two punch with Damian Harris, Sony Michelle. But those are guys that I don't really have a lot of confidence in either. Mm-hmm. So if you got a guy that's going to be a backup behind those guys that I don't have a lot of confidence in, maybe he does get some reps and gets out there and shows what he can do. Yeah. No, and and I think that that's fair. And, you know, I think the injuries definitely... Oh, um, yeah. You, you do have some injury history there. But, you know, man, that New England situation and how Belichick uses the running backs is. And, like, I think people try to point to San Francisco and they're like, oh, yeah, the same thing. Like, you know, it's like, nah, it's not really the same thing. Like, right. Uh, like, I, I didn't have any issues starting, you know, Jeff Wilson last year, but I also didn't have any issues starting Raheem Mostert last year either. So, um, 
you know, whereas with the Bellatrix stuff, I mean, I have no idea who is going to do what at any point in time. Like, yeah, they every time I think that Damian Harris is going to have a good game, they have Rex Burkhead come out and, you know, he grabs two goal line carries for touchdowns or whatever. So, yeah, J.J. Taylor has a good Jakob Johnson has yeah. a couple of games. Yeah, it's just it's obnoxious. So, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, goes to Carolina at the 21st pick of the fourth round. So uh, I know, you know, Mike Davis did well in McCaffrey's absence last season. I, I <laughs> How much would they have liked to have someone like Chuba on the on the roster last year? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is kind of some insurance planning uh, for the future. Did fall though. I mean, you remember this? We were talking about this guy is like, I mean, the Debbie first people, round pick last year. Yeah, Debbie people love this guy. I mean, he was the second coming, right? Like, oh yeah. man, like Hubbard didn't come out. So now we got the number one running back next year. It's like, man, maybe not. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a great college season in 2020, but I think he was dinged up for a lot of that too. So I don't know how much of that was really his fault. That's fair. He he definitely has the upside, and I I like him as like a potential like uh, one injury away type guy. There, uh, we'll see. I mean, do they sign someone? Else? Have they signed someone? That's a that's a good question. I, uh, but I mean, it, again, like profile wise, not great. Um, but he does have that. You know, he does have that allure, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of Debbie people are still probably. Um, yeah. You know enthralled with him so yeah uh next guy kenny gainwell to philadelphia in the fifth round so thinking about this if the eagles aren't completely sold on miles sanders long term is there room for gainwell to find a role here yeah just because like uh you know we've seen usage out of Corey clement in the past yeah clement in the past and then um you know, some of the other players that have been there. When, Boston Scott. Yeah, Boston Scott, when Miles Sanders goes down. that That's kind of why I, you know, I was kind of in on him as well. Um, again, third round running back, or uh, day three running back. But he does have that potential, you know. Uh, they do, you know, does he end up taking, you know, a role from one of those guys or, you know, one of – and they, they use him in some sort of rotation, and then he gets some playing time for Miles Sanders. I mean, when you're drafting these guys and where they're going in rookie drafts, like you're really not expecting these guys to be – you shouldn't look at them as like, I hope this turns into a James Robinson situation. You should be looking at it as like, maybe if I get a good year out of them, I can flip them for something, a la like you should have done with James Robinson. So, Well, that's what I found interesting because Gainwell drafted in the fifth round – is going late second round of rookie RDP two ten in superflex leagues. Okay, yeah. So you're you're still you know in front of guys that were drafted. I guess there's no day two guys that are going behind him, but still, uh, you're kind of I guess expecting something, and and maybe that goes to your point of you know twenty guys and then. End of the second round here, you're taking fifth round running backs. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is like this draft would be a lot different. You know, this rookie draft would be a lot different had we had a bunch of these guys go in day two. 
Like yeah. we would be talking their their profiles would. I mean, if if Hubbard went in round three, I think he's more of a target player at that point. But I mean, fact of the matter is, you know, the hit rate, right? Like it's pretty low at this point. So. Yeah, I, I wish that he would have gotten that bump or one of these guys had gotten a bump into day two and then we would have been talking about having, you know, target players in, right. you know, in the third round range or whatnot. Or, you know, maybe they would have gotten inflated. I don't, you know, their values would have gotten inflated. But um, I, I don't know. It seemed, I, Chubba Hubbard, if he went in round three to Carolina, do you, I mean, I don't think that anyone's calling for Christian McCaffrey's head, right? Like, no. No. so, I mean... I, I hopefully his value wouldn't improve that much, but maybe. I mean, to us, I guess it would. So, all right, let's jump to wide receivers. Uh, see if we can get through these a little quicker. Elijah Moore goes to the Jets at the start of the second round. Uh, so you know Zach Wilson. They trade up in the first round to get offensive lineman for protection. Uh, now they have uh, a nice receiver at the beginning of the second round alongside Mims and Corey Davis. Is this Bad news for Jamison Crowder? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably on his way out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure he's going to make the team this year, obviously. I, Jamison Crowder's a solid player. I just, yeah. you know, they're bringing in the youth at this point. You know, they draft a new quarterback. They bring in Corey Davis, who um, likely won't amount to anything at this point, but whatever. Um, they have Mims, and, you know, that's uh, these are Joe Douglas guys. I, you know, Crowder is a solid player. Um, I, I think that there's probably some competition here between him and Moore right now, but I, I don't. I don't think that Crowder is going to be on the team long term. Um, and you know what? They they spent a high second round pick on Elijah Moore. So yeah. I mean, it kind of says to me that you know uh, he's he he is well liked by the GM. Um, and so that's a good thing. It's not like a situation where, um, it's a new GM and this guy's on the team. And, um, but I mean, metrically, he is actually a good profile. Like he had a young breakout. Um, I think the situation is, I, I, I think given, give it another year and it, it probably looks much better. Um, but that can change. So there should be some hesitancy there. So, I mean, but you also have to keep in mind Day two wide receiver, um, you know, the hit rate is still pretty sketchy at that point. So yeah. I don't think you can be taking him over a Trey Sermon um, and certainly not over a uh, Javante Williams. But, you know, I, more for me as a target player, I think currently going around the top of the second round, mid mid second round, somewhere in there. I'm sure you have that. Um, 204, uh, 204 is his mean and rookie ADP, RDP. So, um, yeah, like I... I, I I just haven't had any picks to to take him there. Um, I was hoping that he was one of the ones that ended up falling to me, um, and he was taken. It seems like him and probably the next guy we're going to talk about go kind of back-to-back. So Yep, for sure. Uh, and we'll get some more with Rondale Moore, going from Elijah Moore to Rondale Moore. Mid-second round goes to Arizona. Uh, last year, the Cards brought in DeAndre Hopkins to help out Kyler Murray. Now they draft Moore. Um, wondering how these targets are going to get distribu- distributed here, and is Christian Kirk going to take a good hit because of this? Yeah, I think the other thing with Kirk being there is he's probably hitting free agency next year. Mm-hmm. So after the season, so 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it will eat into Christian Kirk a little bit. Um, but profile-wise, like Rondell Moore, whew, um, anyone who's an Ohio State fan knows all about Rondell <laughs> Moore as a freshman. So um, I think the issue with him that will scare some people away is going to be the um, the injuries. Uh, he's dealt with injuries quite a bit. And he's a little guy, but you know, if you like Christian Kirk, or um, if you like some, if you know, you don't care about size so much, um, you know, Rondell Moore, I, I think will be attractive to some. Um, but profile-wise, he's pretty good. Again, around the same range. I'm sure you have the mean on it, but my guess is it's two hundred five or two hundred six, probably or like right even with Elijah Moore. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. So, and that's what I've been seeing as well. So, again, I think he's a target player as well. Like, I think that you know, you go Sermon um, in the in the second round, and then you know, the these guys that we're talking about now are, are probably the target players. Um, yeah. uh, there's just not much else at running back, unfortunately. I would I would say stay away. I, I'm also fine with some of these guys. I'm also, I'm also fine if you're talking about the receivers, just trading out. Like I'm very like strategic with my draft picks. So just because I have a draft pick doesn't mean that I make it. Yeah. Um, I might only make three picks in a draft, five picks in a draft. And it's not because of how many picks I have, because normally I have a lot. Um, so I, just because I pick at 205, like if, you know, if I, I don't want to take Rondell Moore, like I'm not going to. Uh, you know, if it's because of, you know, I want a running back, I will trade out. I don't have any issue doing that. So um, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be living and dying on any of these guys at this point, I guess is what I'm saying. So don't get too bent out of shape if they don't, you know, if you don't get one. Yeah. Uh, Next guy up, Terrace Marshall goes to Carolina end of the second round. So uh, interestingly enough, this is the first offensive player that Matt rule actually drafted. Because last year they went all defense. All defense, yeah. <laughs> so he also joins back up with Joe Brady, who was uh, his OC LSU. Um, I, this is a guy I think likely would have gone sooner if he had clear medicals. Um, yeah. But that being said, can this offense, Carolina, sustain Marshall alongside DJ Moore, alongside Robbie Anderson, throw David Moore in there? Probably not, but I would wait until next season. I okay. think that that's kind of why you're why you're um, drafting him is it, like I, Robbie Anderson. I doubt will be back. Um, uh, not that he's been bad there; he's been good. It's just yeah. I don't I don't know that they that they really need to pay him. I, they're did they sign DJ Moore or are they going to sign? They're, they're gonna they're gonna pay DJ Moore. I'm quite sure. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, there's that potential for him to be the number two there. Um, the reason Marshall stands out for me is Scott Connor was beating, you know, pounding the table that, you know, Jamar Chase is the receiver he likes in this in this class, and Terrence Marshall is number two for him. And I think that that's kind of bold. Um, but, I, you know, I another guy, I was actually, I'm in a league with Scott, and I was going to try to trade up to grab him, and I was trying to, um, and uh, I ended up getting the Devontae Adams trade that I talked mm-hmm. about earlier, and so that didn't happen. And then, funny enough, Scott Connor traded up and took Terrence Marshall. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I actually like him from a profile standpoint, um, and I, I can't wait to see him back with, you know, Joe Brady there in Carolina, so... Um, should be interesting, but I, I mean, the situation there 
is pretty optimistic. I'm pretty optimistic about. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I don't think you should be drafting these receivers in this range and hoping that they play and hit because I don't think that that's. Yeah, I mean that's a bad bet to make as rookies. So yeah. Uh, although I think these next two receivers probably do get into a situation where maybe they could, you know, get some playing time. Next up was Diami Brown to Washington. Um, I, I think we we knew they needed kind of a secondary accompaniment to Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. They did bring in Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys. Uh, now Diami Brown. Is this a good situation for him to come into? Yeah, you know, what's funny is um, I knew about him – you know, from listening to Kuiper and McShay's podcast. And um, so I, he was one of the ones that I went and watched. Um, I, so it's kind of ironic that he went to Washington because I, when I watch him, I'm like, I wonder if this guy's just a deep threat. Like he's just mm-hmm. a deep ball receiver. And then I thought about it. I'm like, and then I see him get drafted to Washington, to the Washington football team. And uh I'm like, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's ironic because I thought the same thing about Terry McLaurin. So um, I don't really, like, just watching him, like, I, I, I think he's just that. Yeah. Uh, however, I mean, if you wanted to take a shot, like, I don't like taking shots here, um, you know, at this point in the, in the draft on guys like him. But, uh, you know, there are situations where you can't move out. And, you know, if they're, like, I'm not going to stretch to draft a running back here, you know, like, if they're all gone. If you're in, like, a... 0.5 per carry league like the running backs are probably pretty thin at this point where you, you draft him so i mean i don't hate it i i think it, it this is definitely a situation pick but understand it's kind of like a lottery ticket like if he hits yep. you're just trying to sell him yep so. uh next guy amari rogers goes to green bay at the end of the third round packers finally take another wide receiver mm. to support a-rod uh, so you have A. Rogers thrown to A. Rogers. Well, assuming they patch things up with Aaron. Yeah, that's true. So, so he might that. throw to A. Rogers. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess this has to be a good thing for both Rogerses. Then, yes. Yeah. This this you like him, right? Like, yeah. He's yeah. He's kind of one of your guys. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, you know, he was a name that I that I knew. Um, you know, from recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, it's, it's funny. They, you know, they finally drafted one and I, so I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Like, so, I mean, for years we had the, the Packers drafting receivers in day three or even day two of the draft and they kind of would develop them. Like, I mean, does that still hold true? Cause I mean, technically like that staff is not there anymore. The coaching yeah. staff also that front office is not there anymore. I mean, there might be some semblances of them, but nothing, you know. It's so I have that, to go back and look, but I feel like they've drafted a lot of day three wide receivers over the past several years and not necessarily day one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, <clears throat> that, and so that's kind of going to my point is, like, you know, maybe there is something to this, but at the same time, like, it's kind of like the um, – Ohio State doesn't put out good quarterbacks, right? Mm. Like, uh, they, they don't put out good quarterbacks. And so my response to that is always like, so does that mean, like, if you just walk on to a school that does put out good quarterbacks, like, 
you're automatically going to be an NFL type quarterback. Like, because like you can't sit here and say that a school, you know, has put out all these running backs over the years, but then they like, but they've changed staffs and, and, yeah. and they've changed a lot. So it, that's not really a thing. Like, it's not like, oh, now, if you're talking about within the small window of the current staff, that's a whole nother story. But like when you're like when you're talking about historically, like, yeah, there's never been a Hall of Fame quarterback from like Ohio State or or what pick any school for anything like that's not really a thing because we've had multiple coaching staffs and multi. You know what I mean? Like it's it's got to go off of the staffs and developing them and and things like that. So that's why, like, when I look at him, I say, Man, day three receiver, but like going to Green Bay, like they do have a history of drafting, you know, um, day two receivers and and getting and developing them and hitting on them or or day three receivers, either one. But like these aren't the these aren't the teams. This isn't the coaching staff right. and the organization that have done it. So like I don't know that that's really an argument. So yeah, I think I yeah. point more to Aaron Rodgers and you know, assuming he plays there, um, you know, is Amari Rodgers talented enough to beat out one of these guys yeah i think he's got a good shot to see the field a lot in with aaron Rodgers throwing to him yeah i i think it's certainly possible so that's why yeah he's he's a guy that i uh um i don't have any issue again like i'm not you know trading up to get this guy or anything like that yeah, yeah. but you know if he's there um yeah uh next guy nico collins goes to houston uh so did look like they needed to backfill the wide receiver group a little bit. Uh, Texans get that big body guy to come in. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's number one target, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, right? I mean, I don't they don't know. they don't have a lot. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know. I mean, Ohio State fans. So, if only <laughs> Nico Collins could do it on the field, huh? Um, <laughs> Just not a ton of production out of the guy. So um, I think he's interesting from a profile standpoint. Uh, I mean, I think that this is probably a long shot that he does anything. But, I mean, in Houston, I mean, there's not a lot there to work with at this point. I mean, um, you know, he was a high recruit. Um, He does have, you know, he's like 6'5". A little on the skinny side, but um, not not that that really matters. Uh, so yeah, like I, uh, I I don't know. Like I, he just doesn't really have the production to match. Um, as a matter, of, <laughs> I just looked it up. He actually did have a career high ninety one yards and two touchdowns against Ohio State the one time. Now, <laughs> but I mean, didn't, in that didn't losing matter. effort. So, yeah, I mean, they've only had uh, what is it four players that are in the NFL right now that have a win over Ohio State when they I were in saw college. That. Uh, you saw that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay, next guy, Anthony Schwartz goes to Cleveland, uh, the 28th pick of the third round. So, yeah, maybe the Browns needed some depth behind Odell and Jarvis Landry. And you know what? One or both of those guys may not be there next year either. So where does Schwartz fit in? Yeah, I also thought he was kind of interesting, um, you know, really fast, obviously. and Flat out fly. Yeah, it can flat out fly. And I don't know if I was texting you about this, but so I don't know. Everyone talks about the Browns needing a deep threat, and I don't know that they actually need a deep threat because 
I don't think that they rely on anybody to like, I don't think they need to rely on anyone to get open deep. I think they kind of scheme it. Um, and it's a very rhythmic offense and they kind of scheme these open shots. Um, kind of like Kubiak used to do in Houston. Um, yeah. Like you would know that, you know, like a pass was coming and they'd play action it and Andre Johnson would just get wide open. Um, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Like we knew he was, they were going to throw it and these guys are still getting wide open. And so I, I, I was going to say feel, the same thing about Will Fuller. Yes. Yep. And so you know, I don't necessarily know that you need to have a guy that is this great deep receiver or anything like that. I think it's more so with Schwartz that he's, you know, can flat out fly. And he actually does have a, um, you know, a decent profile from, you know, the, you know, like a college production early on in his career. Um, I know Scott Connor was another one who was kind of in on him. He really liked him. I think the situation at this point is less than ideal. So again, like you're going to have to kind of wait on him because I don't know. I, I think that he's going to get open shots this year. Like I, it would not surprise me if you told me that he's going to have four deep ball touchdowns would not surprise me one bit. Um, yeah. And that's with having Donovan Peoples Jones and Rashard Higgins on top of the guys that we, you know, we know, and then, you know, a running game and uh, tight ends galore. So I, I think the problem is, is that there's so many targets there. So he just kind of lacks upside. So, yeah. but I do like him as from a profile standpoint. Um, and, and, and I am pretty happy that he's in Cleveland. Um, so, so I, I, I did want to touch real quick on one more wide receiver. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to Ross St. Brown going to Detroit. Uh, so I wanted to bring him up because I think, I don't know if maybe there's, a lot of people that are still working off of pre-draft rankings. Um, and I know maybe he's the best of the St. Brown brothers, but I don't know what that's worth. But uh, And I know this team had a glaring hole at the position. But we typically you know, look day three wide receivers um, as a bad, uh, I guess, profile to pursue, especially early in drafts. And looking at real draft position of rookie drafts, He's going in the second round of Superflex draft. And we even saw well, him no. in, in one of our leagues go before Rondale Moore. Oh my gosh. How did I not even pick up on this? Yeah. That was <laughs> in our podcasters league. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. I'm looking in all my other leagues. He is. He's going in the second round. Yeah. Oh, you're right. We should have talked about this. Oh my goodness. 211, 211, 209. <laughs> Uh, where is he in this one? 209. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on this and now I'm kind of embarrassed, but and 210 in this one. Um, yeah, that's, you can't do that. Yeah. That's no. Uh, that's all I wanted to bring up. Are we that. just holding on to the St. Brown thing? Because is that what it is? Like I, Equinom, Equinemia St. Brown was supposed to be this great player yeah. too. And like, what the, what the hell happened? Like, I, are we just, I mean, they're well, not. you kind of have to say that Amon Ra's better than his brother because if you say he's just as good, then it's like, oh well, he wasn't really that good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's talk about some tight ends. Okay. So first tight end from the second round, uh, we because remember we did have Kyle Pitts in the first round. We got Pat Fryermuth going to Pittsburgh. 
so it gets paired up with Eric Ebron. They also got those wide receivers there. They got a new stud running back there. Uh, it looks like that they're trying to load up on offense, maybe for one last push with Ben. Um, I, I think we just have to, for their sake, hope that their offensive line can sustain. Um, how do you like this fit? Yeah, I think it's more of a long-term play, um, which is kind of what we talk about with rookie tight ends anyway. Um, So if I'm drafting him, you know, he's just going to sit on my bench. Uh, You know, this is kind of a pedigree play, you know, second round tight end. Um, Yeah, I I think the only concerns are what happens at at quarterback over the next couple of years. Um, I mean, Mason Rudolph, not a fan. I not just because of the Cleveland thing, just because like I thought he was terrible the entire time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 that would be my only concern. Um, I like the organization, obviously. Um, well, I hate the organization, but I also like, like the organization. Like, I think they're a very great, they're a very good organization. Um, I don't like them because I'm a Browns fan. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think the situation is good. I think he actually sees playing time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I like Ebron, and I know you do too. So yeah, um, I still think he's a guy. However, I don't expect him to be the best tight end on the team the following year. Like I, I would, I would assume that within one year, Frymouth is you know the guy there. But yep. um, probably so limited. Like I, I, I don't think that he is. Um, you know, he's not the type of profile where he's going to be like George Kittle. Um, right. But I think he's going to be a productive tight end in the NFL. So, All right, next up, Hunter Long to Miami, uh, mid-third round. So another offense where they're trying to set the quarterback up for success. Uh, you got you got Waddle that you drafted early, Will Fuller coming in. Um, but a tight end, you know, I, I thought they had Gusecki, who was supposed to be the next tight end breakout. Uh, how, hmm. Where does Hunter Long fit into that? Yeah, I mean – were you a Gesicki fan? Uh, yeah. Well, because of his volleyball fan, skills? But yeah, totally. Well, I mean, that's all I heard about during the draft process. Well, you know, former volleyball player. Like, oh, okay, in that case. so All those two-sport athletes, that's all they want to talk about. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that Gesicki is back there. Um, yeah. You know, he was drafted before, you know, um, this GM and and coach got in there. So my guess is he's not back. I yep. although you know Gesecki didn't have a terrible year. I think he would have to make quite the jump. Um, you know, to, to get them to re-sign him, and I just don't. I don't know. Because I know the other way that they're going to look at him is what kind of comp pick they're going to get for him. And mm. if he's just kind of up there that is good enough but doesn't really fit what they want to do, they're just going to let him go. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that this is a total strategic play. Um, so, you know, you're just basically at where he goes in the draft. I'm sure you have the mean. Where is he going in drafts? Three, uh, three oh, oh six. Steps. Okay. Um, there you go. I'm pretty good at guessing these. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's just about taking pedigree. It's about taking a day two tight end in the third round of a rookie draft rather than, you know, you know, that hit rate on tight ends and day two is 29%. 
um, rather than you know some of the receivers that you're taking here. Uh, yeah. Day two, day two, re- or day three receivers hitting at five percent. Um, you know, I you know I'd much rather take him over one of the quarterbacks. So, yeah, I uh, I, I I think it, it's a total gamble, and maybe it pays off from the standpoint of uh, you know him getting any type of production this year, and even if he doesn't. Um, you know, I think that there is that possibility the following year. And I, I just I don't ever expect much out of rookie tight ends unless we're talking about like Kyle Pitts or No Fant or CJ right. Hackinson. Like they have to be uh, you know, high draft picks. So Yeah. With you there on that. Uh so right after that pick was Tommy Tremble to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Panthers were were another uh team that had a tight end that was supposed to be a breakout candidate, Ian Thomas. Yep. Um and not well, only that, they brought Dan Arnold in for agency too. Stop um, the madness. <laughs> what, what do we think of these tight ends? Uh, so, I, again, he kind of fits into that, uh, you know, that that the same thing that I was just talking about with it, it's kind of more of a strategic play. Um, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Ian Thomas. I know you had brought him up to me. I don't know, a month ago, a month and a half ago. And I mean, I feel like he's had time to seize the opportunity there and he hasn't done it i mean I, did am i like he wasn't he supposed to be the guy at the beginning of last season too yeah in last off season too yeah so like i don't all of a sudden think that he's going to be the guy there so um i actually think that this is pretty wide open there so i actually like tremble better than long um what i will say it, though is that in mfl tremble is way down on the list and <laughs> And if you sort it by ADP. And so I totally missed out on taking him in the third round because he was so far down. But I did take him in another league already. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I got him in uh, another league too. But, yeah, I went to draft him and I'm like, okay, where's he at? And then I had to I had to filter and then scroll down to find. And I think we're about to draft him in another league here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's looking, <laughs> it's looking like he's uh, going to be a uh, part of uh, Top Dog. Team Top Dog Dynasty. One last thing I'll say on him uh, during the draft, J- Daniel Jeremiah. J- Daniel Jeremiah uh, was making some comparisons to George Kittle, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Next guy, our, our last guy, we want to talk about Trey McKitty to the Chargers. Uh, we know they they lost Hunter Henry in free agency. Still got you know Dom Dom Parham, Jared Cook, Virgil Green. Uh, but they said, here, kitty, kitty, and now they have a lot of depth at tight end. What do you think about this? I just like his name. Exactly. <laughs> Trey <laughs> McKitty. Yeah. I don't think you actually said it there, did you? We'll have to rewind that. And, and I did. It, but did you? Okay. You said, here, kitty, kitty. I did say, here, okay. kitty, kitty, too. Okay. Um, I wasn't paying attention to you like normal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I just don't think that there's a lot there. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's, he's a day two guy and I don't think that there's a lot there, you know, at tight end Hunter Henry's gone. I mean, you know, you mentioned Parham, like, yeah, I'm sure, you know, maybe, um, I don't know. It's just, again, where's he going drafts? Uh, 401. Yeah. I mean, it might be worth a shot getting a day, uh, a, you know, a day two pedigree tight end there. So. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to say on him. Otherwise, I don't. I don't think he's 
I don't think he's particularly great, but um, you know, like I, again, it's a total pedigree play at this point. I'd rather be taking him than you know a day three receiver. So yeah, I'm with you there. Any final comments on the draft? Uh, like I said, it was I, it was pretty weak. I I would say. You know, in I guess it's not a draft thing. In in terms of um, you know, like your rookie draft picks, uh, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to trade out and and trade to next year. Yeah. Um, seriously, like there are like twenty guys, and I would not be trading up for any of them unless you're just trying to accumulate just package picks. So, like, I I guess the thing is. I wouldn't take like a second, third and fourth round pick, like a late second and then add a third and a fourth round pick to move up into the second round unless it's a profile that we discussed. Um, even at that, I'm not even sure it's worth it on some of these guys. Like, I think it's probably worth it on like a sermon, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe even a Kadarius Tony, who is a total pedigree play. You know, maybe you could go for one of the Moors, but uh, Bateman, if he falls. But, you know, you kind of have to know your league. Um, I'd be trying to trade third round picks. Like if you're at the top of the third round, if you're at like 301, see if you can trade it to a contender for a future second. Like see if you can do that. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I was either a couple things happen. Either I was trading picks for future picks, late ones, or I was, um, you know, kind of packaging those picks for players or packaging them for a player and a future pick. And, um, you know, like I did two thirds, two mid thirds for Kenyon Drake in a first, uh, in a future third. So like, I like that because at that, that point, like I would rather have Kenyon Drake get that one injury away guy. Maybe he starts, maybe he play. well, he's not going to start, but maybe he plays at one at some point, or I can get some value out of him, um, and then pass it along to, you know, um, the following year. But I mean, there were, there were leagues that I had, you know, more picks than there were rounds. And I only made, you know, three picks here. Um, you know, I think, I think the one league I started and I had like eight picks and I think I picked maybe one player, two players. So, so I've heard a few people also talk about the 2023 class. Would yep. you be, I guess, trying to get into that class? Yeah. So I can. Did, yeah, I did also trade. I tr- so I traded uh, two late fourths. I'm sorry, an early fourth, a late fourth, and a fifth for a 2023 third. Okay. So I did that. I don't have any. Like seriously, these these picks in the fourth and fifth round, at least in my opinion, and I'm sure someone. A year from now, will tweet at me about like a guy who broke out or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you can tweet at me, um, but low I, percentage. I, I think I think they're worth they're worth nothing. Like yeah. I like last year, <laughs> I was grabbing James Robinson the round of every yeah. draft, and you know there was reasons because there was just an uncertainty in that situation. There, his profile was actually pretty good. I watched him and I'm like, oh, he's kind of like a little bowling ball, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it was easy, but I was also taking like Michael or what's it? Michael Warren, Michael Warren, the third, yeah, yeah. in the fourth. And he was, you know, he did nothing. Right. So yeah, but um, that was also, you know, we had some uncertainty about the Josh Jacobs situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Team. Well, we're talking about who's the Eagles Warren. 
the fourth rounder that I was taking last year was the uh, Warren for Michael Michael Warren the third. Michael Warren was for uh, Vegas. Okay, there's another Warren then. There was another Warren that I was taking last year though. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, like I I just think that like there were guys last year that I really liked, and yeah, this year yeah. there just was yep. there's just not. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get in the you know like I I don't think that we should be in you trading up is a bad is a bad bet anyway because we're not good at it and i'm talking about nfl teams not just dynasty players right yeah. so uh, i i would not be selling the farm and i certainly wouldn't sell future picks unless we're talking about these good bets uh you know in good pedigree good profiles like those are the type of bets that you want to make not don't be trading up for you know you know like the don't don't trade up to for Tutu Atwell, you know, or something right. like that. Like it's the the odds of these guys hitting. You don't need to make all your picks. You can push it off to next year. Push it off to a class where you want, like, you know, twenty nineteen or twenty twenty rookie draft class. Like there was a lot of guys that like we were just trying to get as many shares of as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I, I just I don't think that you know you need to be doing that this class. So, yeah, the, the one team that we co-manage, um, we didn't have a first or second this year, but we have, you know, a ton of picks next year. Mm-hmm. And we had that kind of quick discussion. Is there anyone here that we would be selling these next year's picks to get into the early rounds this year to take? And it was just a no. Yeah. And by the way, the one that I was talking about is also Michael Warren. There was a Michael Warren last year, too. Oh, okay. For the Eagles, who is now with Washington? Yeah. Okay. So, unless it's the same guy. I don't think it was, though. Yeah, I don't know. Let's go back. But I remember the one that you were talking about, who was on the Raiders, and then they they he was crushing it in the um, preseason. It was a couple years ago. And then, yeah, he was uh, then got put on, like, an injury settlement or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and then they basically redshirted him the entire year, and then they ended up cutting him the following year. Yeah, mm. I remember who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So if that wasn't Lester, then was it? No, it's a couple okay. years ago. Anyway, anyway. Um, next show maybe maybe uh, we get a little rookie mock together or something. Okay, uh, do something yeah. like that. In the meantime, one. go out follow us on Twitter at Top Dog Dynasty. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and if you would, give us a rate and review. Until next time, peace. See ya. Off the chain, they be throwing me bones. Man, y'all be throwing games. I'm on a quest for the throne. Dope looks to my team's got these puppies and cones. A lone wolf, a top dog, make me feel like I'm home. And um, imagine I'm braggadocious at times. But man, it feels good to be paying before the player's prime It ain't a crime, they're just McGruffin' the grind Took a couple of rhymes to show you nothing but shine Matter of fact, let me explain who they are Rambler man Chris hits efficiency hard Karen keeping these fellas level at par Adam might disagree, but it's a challenge when he are Views, check the views, dogs on top like Snoopy Spike on our opponents, the tune got them loony Owning y'all dogs, the Pluto to our goofy They the duty, kicking back, eating snacks like Scooby D-double-D, we will bring you the crown Evaluating teams, listen up and sit down Dynasty Pod, 
a dime a dozen for now. You'll see when we take your take back to the pound. Go.